0: This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders and is the only official home of Swamp Boys Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30 as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Welcome to the show podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 648 of the grow from your heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on grow questions before we get there. Let's do a few shout outs to a few of the great folks who support us on Patreon. Let's start off with a big grow from your heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to my friend 13 spark 13. Let's send a big thank you. Shout out to DZ from Detroit and Brendan grows. Let's send a big thank you. Shout out to grow man, Stan and Canna reaper. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Nicholas Anderson and red eyed optimist. Let's send a big shout out to a longtime supporter the BAFTA. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my buddy, crazy hand grows. I want to send a huge thank you shout out to black hippie and lefties farm. And then let's wrap it up with a big grow from your heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to my friend, Cass Burton, big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. And you know, I do include a link in the show notes and the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. Maybe you're working, maybe you're driving, maybe you're in the cubicle, maybe you're chasing the kids around. I don't want you to get in trouble. I don't want you to crash the car. I don't want you to get fired. Find that Patreon link when you have got time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you could tell my voice is back in shape. I'm excited to be on a microphone. The last episode I tried to record, I did not sound very professional. I did not sound very healthy. I want to thank everybody for all of the well wishes, all of the kind words. Everybody said, hey, bro, I hope you feel better soon. I hope everything is better. I didn't feel sick at all. I felt great, but my throat just didn't sound good. So thank you for all the kind words. Thank you for all of the support. And thank you for watching the short episode that I put out for Thursday. I do kind of apologize for putting out a short, shitty episode, but sometimes that's how life is going to go. I did not miss a show. You got a podcast. Thank you. Thank you for all of the kind words and all of the support. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. Also, uh, thanks to everybody who sent uh, ideas and tips and tricks and recipes and what are they called? Remedies. That's the word I'm searching in my brain. Thanks for all of the home remedies to get my throat back together. Apparently, one of them or a combination of them did the trick. I'm excited to be back here on the microphone. So I'm chattery, ready to go. Thank you, guys. I do appreciate it. Uh, I did smoke some Arise Rosin today. Big shout out to a local grower who would rather remain anonymous. He doesn't want people to know what he's doing around here, uh, which is kind of smart. Uh, but my friend made, he grew, he got some seeds of a Arise from me. He grew the Arise. He selected a phenotype that he thought would press well. He squished it into Rosin. I'm usually not a big fan of the Rosin, but you know what? You guys are getting better at making the Rosin and this shit was hot fire. He watched my face really carefully as I took the dab because my face gives me away. Sometimes I'll try to say, "Yeah, that dab was tasty. That dab was really good." But then my cheeks and my eyes and my lips will say, "Man, this dab tastes like fucking shit. I want to throw up from hitting it." But my buddy was watching me the whole time. He's like, "Bro, you, you seem to like that." And I was like, "Dude, this dab tastes so good. Uh, it did not taste what a rise was familiar to taste like to me. That sense came out oddly, but it didn't taste what I'm familiar with a rise tasting like. That concentrate made it taste a little bit different." Uh, and i liked it i actually did enjoy it the high was completely different than what i'm used to from any phenotype i've ever smoked arise of arise Sorry, i'm going fast and i'm excited but i've never gotten that buzz from arise i've smoked a lot of arise i've smoked several phenotypes i've smoked it in concentrate form flower form Uh, i've smoked it in uh, now i've smoked it in rosin and solventless concentrate form and usually it gets my head moving. It makes me kind of thinky. It makes me want to like talk a lot. It makes me want to get on the microphone. When I exhaled that dab, I wanted to like sit down. I was like, oh, oh. And I just kept, I said I was melting. I was like, bro, I'm melting. I'm fucking becoming part of this chair. Remember that commercial back in the day when the girl did drugs and she became the chair? That was almost working for me. And if you've got that weed that makes you become the chair, I'll take a quarter. I'll take a. I'll take an ounce. Uh, but that's just a joke. YouTube, don't get at me. Um... But where was I? That, that concentrate made me melt. It was great. It was delicious. But it, was, it caught me off guard because it was a completely, the first thing I noticed was, oh, that's a totally different flavor. Uh, usually the Arise has a cushiness with a sweetness to it. This one had uh, almost a tropical spiciness. I'm going to say mango habanero. And that's the closest thing I can get to. I've had mango habanero salsa, and it reminded me of that in a very good way. It had a spicy thing, but it had that sweet mango to it. And when I blew it out, my arm hair moved. And when you, I know that when I exhale a dab, if my arm hair moves, that is a tremendous freaking dab. So my arm hair went wobble, wobble, wobble when I blew it out. And then I got like super sat down. I wanted to like chill out and melt into the couch. And usually the Arise makes me move, makes me go faster. So that was a big surprise. Big shout out to my buddy for the Arise. And apparently uh, being on the mic and smoking Arise got me fucking super excited today. So shout out for all of that. Let's see. It got me high as shit is a note that I wrote. High as fuck is what I wrote down. So... There you go. I want to give a big thank you and a big shout out to everybody who supports the show on YouTube. We recently surpassed the 7,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. That's right. We've got 7,000 YouTube subscribers. Thank you. I think putting out the episodes about topping and cloning really helped out with subscriptions. It got a lot of followers. Those episodes got a lot of views. Those Those are two of my most viewed episodes and they are brand new in the feed, which means they're only going to become Uh, Even more, watch. They're going to stay on YouTube forever so people keep watching. But a lot of people have watched those episodes. They got us to 7,000 YouTube subscribers. Thank you. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Thanks to each and every one of you. Now I'm going to uh, look like an ass and say, that's not enough. I want more subscribers. Uh, Not just because I want more for the show, not just because I want uh, more people watching, because I want people growing better herb out there. I think that I teach you how to grow a quality product. I don't pitch you too many products. The only products I pitch you are products I actually use. No company says, Hey, we'll give you money. If you advertise this, that's not the way it works with me. If I use a product and I like it, I say, buy this. Uh, I don't get paid for advertising, but I don't come on here. I don't shove a bunch of products down your throat. I don't beg you for a bunch of stuff. Uh, so let's get more people watching the show is my point. That way more people can grow better cannabis. If all of the growers are watching, they're all learning. We're all going to step up our game. That means every time you go somewhere to smoke, there will be better herb there. If we're all growing better herb also we will all help to legalize cannabis. We'll all get in the same mindset. We're all going to legalize this plant together. It'll be a big unification. Cannabis is the healing of the nation, the great uniter, the unifier. So let's do this. Let's get everybody on board. Uh, Tell some friends, invite some friends to subscribe to the podcast. Also, uh, one more big shout out. We finally surpassed and have steadily held at over 200 patrons on Patreon. Thank you. That is amazing to me. Every month, 200 people choose to support the show. Thank you. If you are a new Patreon supporter if you're old school from back in the day, sincerely, thank you. That does mean the world to me. Money is expensive. We got, we've gone through a very hard time, uh, in the economy in the world. Things have been really weird. And if you have chosen to throw money, my direction, that does mean a lot to me. I do notice it. Uh, there are 200 of you. I try to send messages on Patreon and say, thanks. I try to interact with Patreon. Honestly, there's just one of me. I've got a seed company. I've got the podcast. I've got a normal life. I don't talk about it a lot, but I'm really proud of it. My daughter just graduated high school. She just turned 18 and she's moving out and moving to her own place soon. Uh, You guys are creeps, so leave her alone. But things have been busy and I stay overwhelmed and overloaded, but I really do try to participate in the Patreon as much as I can. Thank you guys for all of the support. It does mean the world to me that you take money is expensive and you choose to take some of your hard-earned money and funnel it my direction. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do love it. Uh, it does keep the show moving. Also, it keeps all the gear updated, got some fresh paint on the walls. I'm sure you see a new angle here. Thank you. I appreciate the support. All right. I've done enough rambling, enough gushing, enough shout outs. Um, we've gone almost, almost 10 minutes. Let's get into the podcast portion of the podcast. Let's talk about growing cannabis here. Um, somebody asked me recently, uh, what do I need to grow three plants? How big of a space do I need to grow three plants? And that's a, that's a great question. Like if you want to grow three plants, somebody's got the idea, Hey, I want to grow weed. Uh, in Colorado, we're allowed to grow six plants. You can have three in veg, three in flower. This person doesn't want to design two spaces. So they want to grow three plants. And when they said, "What? how much space do I need to grow three plants? A lot of things went off in my head. I thought, well, you could grow three plants in a little computer tower remember those old school computer towers they're about a foot tall they're about a foot wide they're probably six or eight or about foot tall foot deep and six or eight inches wide Uh, that's enough space to hang a small light and you can grow three plants in there of course your plants are going to be six inches tall they'll probably be in a solo cup will be their source Uh, but they're going to be little tiny plants or you can have gigantic plants that you have vegged. Uh, You can start vegging plants today and not put them outside until next year if you choose to do so, if you have the proper care and equipment for them. So three plants uh, could be anywhere from a six inch by six inch space to five acres. Honestly, it just depends on what you want to do with these plants, how you care for them and what your goal is. So let's talk a little bit about that. What do I need for three plants? How big are the plants? What is your goal? I talk about your goal all the time. If you don't have a goal, how do you succeed? You've got to su- set yourself up for success. That's a phrase I use a lot. I learned it from a teacher in 7th grade and I will never forget it. Set yourself up for success. Shout out to Miss Dodson. I uh, hope you're still around. Um, but set yourself up for success. You can fucking try, you can hope, you can hope things come out well, you can pray for shit to go right, or you can do some work and set yourself up for success. The way to set yourself up for success is to know your goal. What is the end outcome desired goal? When you look down the road and you say, I want to do this. What is the goal there at the end? What do you really want to accomplish? Then you're going to say, I want to grow some weed. Yeah, that's a logical fucking step right there. But how much weed, how often weed, what kind of weed, like realistically, how much space do you have? How much time can you commit to this? What's in the budget? What does my electrical load in my house or wherever I'm choosing to grow? What is that going to support? So What is your goal? Your realistic goal? Find a goal is the main objective to starting any project. So how big your plant's going to be? How much space are you going to use? How much herb do you want to produce? How often do you want to be? I've said this before. Do you want to produce an ounce for yourself every two months? Or do you want to be Pablo Escobar and fucking supply all of North America? You can do either one. You're just going to have to set goals and have a strategy to do this. So um, how big are your plants? Do you want to produce a bunch of product. Do you want to produce a little bit of product? That's one of the first things to thart- start thinking about. We all want to produce as much product as we can. I want to pull out seven pounds a week. Yeah, but you got to be realistic. Think about electrical limitations. Think about space. Think about time. Um, are you entering a criminal element by growing so much herb? Are you ready for this? So uh, it's all about your abilities, your goals, your skills. So um, are you growing auto plant, auto flower plants? Are you growing regular photo period plants? If you're growing autos. They're going to start to flower when they become a certain size. You'll have to build a certain size room for the auto flower plants. They're going to flower out around 18 inches tall. They'll finish out about two, maybe three feet tall. You've got to build a space that will support that. Now, if you're running auto, or not autos, excuse me, if you're running photo period plants, you control when they flower. So you can veg them to be two inches tall and then put them into flower and you can pull off a gram and a half per plant. Now, people say, why would you do that? If you're going to do that, you can cram. 120 rockwool cubes onto a six by six tray you could do 64 you could do 120 it's up to you how you want to do it or you can put one big plant under one led or under one hps light or you can put one plant and trellis it out and put it under four 1000 watt hps lights if you really know how to do the work it's all about your goal your style and your needs what do you want to do how much space do you have how much electricity do you have available so A lot of it is based on your veg time and your space. You can put, like I've said before, you can take seedlings that are just sprouting from seed in a rockwool cube and flower them out. They'll flower, if you start flowering when they're just two inches tall, they'll end up being maybe six inches tall. By the time you're done, they'll produce a gram or two. If you grow a hundred of them, 112 of them, you'll grow somewhere between a quarter and a half a pound of weed. A quarter pound and a half a pound of weed from plants this tall. Now, why don't people just go throwing out 200 little tiny plants because plant count is what gets you in trouble. In Colorado, we're allowed six plants recreationally, six plants medically. So I can have six plants in any household that is an adult household. If you got a house, you're an adult. Uh, in most cases, I would assume uh, if you're an adult, you can have six plants in Colorado. Then if you have a medical marijuana recommendation from your doctor that's been approved and certified and registered with the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment and the Marijuana Enforcement Division, at that point, I don't know if you have to get the MED involved in that one. It's the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment has to have a Colorado registry uh, on file for you, then you can have six more plants in your home, which allows you a maximum of 12 plants. Beyond that, you are now illegal. You are committing a crime. You now have an illegal grow. Uh, The cops are going to come. You're going to get busted. Uh, It happens a lot around here. So plant count is why we change numbers. That's why I don't just go throwing out 64 plants in a six by six tray and run them really quick to see what I've got and keep the keepers. That's why I've got to keep my numbers down. I would love to play with a bunch of little tiny plants on big trays under a thousand watt lights would be the way to do it. But uh, limitations because of legalities. So since I'm limited by plant counts, I grow my plants really big. They don't tell me that I can't have gigantic fucking plants. They say I can have six of them So I grow six of them the size of fucking Volkswagens. Why not do it that way? It's still six plants. They're not counting branches. They're counting plants. They're counting pots and root zones. I've got six of them, but they just happen to look like fucking buses driving down the street. So um, you can put for three plants. um, Honestly, you could grow them in a, you could make a clandestine grow kit out of like a computer box or a little like a nightstand that you keep by the bed. You could make that a grow space. What you need is a, an environment which you can control the uh, lights. You have to have a controllable dark period where you can get 100% complete darkness. You need an environment where you can control the temperature and the humidity. The vapor pressure deficit is what that's called. The VPD is very crucial, especially in a small space. When you go to water these little plants, they start letting off water. There's water in the pot. It can get really humid in these little spaces. So you're gonna need a way to control that VPD. And that small space though, Also, it's really advantageous because you can really dump the air out and replace the air super quickly in a small space with something like a computer fan or a 4-inch inline fan. So that's really easy to do, but it's critical that it is done. Then you need a light up top, just something to keep those plants going. As strong as you can get in there, That doesn't create too much heat. That heat is going to get really high in a little container. So you can build just a little box out of a dresser, out of a nightstand, anything that will seal up and keep the light out, basically, that you can move some air in and out of and control the environment in there. That is what you really need. Uh, Cleanliness is ideal if you can get a good, clean spot. And then airflow, I keep talking about that airflow. No matter how big or small your grow is, you have to have airflow. People often overlook the idea of airflow. They're like, I did the lights, I did all this stuff. And I'm like, cool, how are you gonna replace that stagnant air? How are you gonna get air moving through the canopy? I'm like, I never thought of that. Think about that part. You have to move air around in that grow space. So what you really need for three plants is in an area is an area you can seal from light. We don't need any light interruptions in the flowering phase. We need an area we can control the VPD, the temperature and the humidity is what that boils down to. Somewhere we can evacuate the air and replace the air. Somewhere we can get some airflow in there, and then something we can put lights in and not burn our plants and melt our environment. If you're going to build a little tiny grow space, uh, please be safe. I've seen people uh, build little dressers and light shit on fire. Cause they put too much light inside of there. Don't put too much light in your grow space. Be careful. And that mylar, if it touches the light, eventually that shit will catch on fire and burn. So make sure the mylar is stuck to the wall as well. I don't even like mylar. I use Panda film that shit'll melt if it touches the light. So be very careful with that stuff. But, um, for what you need for three plants is basically up to your goal. Uh, Most people probably have room for a 3x3 or a 5x5 grow tent in their home. Uh, I would highly recommend a 3x3 or a 5x5 grow tent with Canon LED lighting. Uh, Keith doesn't pay me to say that. Uh, I've got Canon LEDs. I've got Canon LEDs in a 3x3 uh, Gorilla grow tent. That is where I keep my small veg stuff sometimes. It's where I honestly keep my male plants most of the time. Those plants... Excuse me. Those plants in that three by three with that one Canon LED are extremely happy. Anybody can get that grow going. It's a three by three tent, a Canon LED. I've got a carbon filter. I've got a is it a four or a six inch blower? I've got a small blower in there sucking the stagnant air out, and then that just ducks out of a window because oftentimes I put a male plant in there, and I want that uh, carbon filter and that exhaust going directly out so there's no pollen contamination. The pollen's going directly away. I'm sorry if you grow in my backyard, you're going to get pollinated possibly. Um, let me catch up on my notes and see where we are here. Uh, it's all about how big of a plant you want. If you veg them for two weeks, they'll be this tall. If you veg them for six months, they'll be gigantic plants. So you can build a gigantic enclosure for three plants, or you can have a little teeny tiny space for three plants. It's all about your goal, your desires, what you're trying to do. Um, I was talking about putting a hundred or 120 rockwell cubes under one led. Then all you have to do is veg those for like a week or like 10 days or so. And they're this tall ish, ish. And then you flower them and you can pull seven to 12 grams per plant. And if you do a hundred plants times seven to 12 grams, you're getting 700 to 1200 grams of herb at the end, right? If you do it correctly, uh, that works out pretty well in my opinion, but that many plants is illegal. So we go bigger plants, trellis them out, spread them out, maximize our space. Um, it's all about maximizing the space you've got and having a goal. So I don't know how much space you need for your three plants. What's your goal? Uh, I'm gonna start by recommending that three by three uh, grow tent with a canon LED, a carbon filter and a blower and put a fan inside of there and that should have you set up to rock pretty good for a starter kit maybe go five by five with two or three cannons then expand as time goes on add more tents add a veg tent have a flower have one in veg one in flower or two in flower all the time uh, that's a way to expand on that but um, yeah three plants it's all about your goal I wish I could give you A direct uh, do this, do this. But I would say get that three by three tent, put the Canon LED in there, get that set up and learn to grow that way, then expand. Anything smaller is going to be kind of hard to uh, control the VPD constantly. Also, you need a hygrometer and a thermometer, something that will tell you the temperature and humidity in that space. You can look at it all the time and see what's going on in there and make adjustments as necessary. So what do I need to grow three plants? You need a sealable environment. You can seal the light. You can control the uh airflow, you can control the vapor pressure deficit, you can control who goes in and out of there. Uh secure area, somewhere that's clean, somewhere that you can uh control the bugs and the predators and the insects. I said that with bugs, with the uh the little rodents and fucking animal traffic, something you can control all of that is mainly what you need, a clean workspace. Anything else you can turn it into a grow environment. Uh it's all up to you. Everything is adjustable depending on your goals. That's one of the best parts about growing. There are no real uh you've got to do it this way kind of rules. People will say, you'll see it in groups. You need to top that plant now, or you need to do this now. And I always say, why? Explain why. Give me a paragraph of why that needs to happen. You can do it however you want. As long as you are happy with the way the plants come out in the end, uh, you're doing it right. Uh, You're always going to find room for improvement. If you get raided or kill the plants or flood the room, you might've done something wrong, but we can recover from most of that. All right. I think I answered that one. I think I rambled on for quite a bit. Um, another note that I wrote was don't let anybody else mess up your goal and your strategy. Uh, if you want to grow your three plants, your way, you grow your three plants, your way. Some people just have to learn by doing shit the way they do shit. If you did it the wrong way, you're going to find out if you did it the right way, you're going to find out. Then the first time you grow, you'll say, My my idea was just not fucking right. This was a half-cooked idea, and now I see why everybody on the Internet said that I was goofy for trying this. But guess what? You learned, and you got to see it. So don't let anybody mess up your strategy or your goals or your ideas, even me. uh, I'm an experienced grower, but uh, you might have an idea that I've never thought of. I learn from everybody. I can learn something from everybody, from a grower who's doing his first day to a grower who's been there. For a hundred years, I can learn something from everybody. I learned that in the music industry. I can learn something from everybody on a drum kit. Same thing goes for the grow room. So don't let me mess up your plans, your ideas, and your goals. Let my knowledge and my experience and my info uh, have some effect on your ideas, but don't let me make decisions for you. You know what I mean? Like use my input as data and then weigh your options with the data that you've been given. But don't, don't, you don't have to follow me as gospel. Sometimes I don't know. A lot of times, I don't know what is happening in your grow. I don't know the exact specific environment, the situation, the thing. So uh, maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong. And a lot of my ideas are expensive. And people say, to solve that problem, you just gave me a $500 solution. And sometimes that's what's going to fix it. Our grow rooms and our plants, are they require certain things. And if you want to cheap out and do shit the cheap way, you really can. But you're going to get the cheap outcome. Um, I run my grows like a business when there's a harvest there is a profit obviously and then that profit goes into the bank because it's ran like a business and then a portion of that profit is put back into the business you've got to buy a new carbon filter you've got to buy new lights you've got to buy maybe a new ph pen you definitely need more nutrients new soil probably some new pots you got to pay somebody to help you packaging you got to pay somebody if you trim it they're going to get paid for trimming it so it all gets invested back into the business Then as a seed maker, I buy seed packaging. Uh, There's a lot of components to my seed packaging. Then there are shipping components, a lot of that stuff. So it all gets reinvested back into the business. So don't be afraid to invest in your business. You are growing a product that's going to give you uh, a reward, whether it's medically, whether it's recreationally, whether it's financially, there will be a reward. This is a business. You've got to put something into it to get something out of it, or you don't get shit out of it. It will show you. Everything you put into your grow will come back to you. If you put in laziness, your end product, your photos on Instagram will show, they will convey laziness. If you put love, effort, energy, pride, passion into your grow, your flowers and your photos will show that even if you're not growing the most amazing product, the fucking 32% that everybody's wanting to snap pictures of, you'll still feel, still feel pride in that product and you'll learn how to improve it because your ego's not in the way you're growing from your heart, not from your wallet, not from knowing about the profit, but put some pride into your garden. Reinvest in the garden. Understand that you've got to reinvest in this business, and it will keep reinvesting in you. When you smoke that pro, you want it to be uh, not stressful. You want it to be enjoyable. And something I've noticed is uh, when I worked at I use Guitar Center as a reference a lot, but this will make a lot of sense. When I would sell a little kid a shitty guitar or a shitty drum set. He'd come back in a couple of weeks looking for something to add to it to make it fun again because he ran out of fun because the guitar or the drums, no matter how well you play them and tune them, they're going to sound like shit because they are cheap, shitty, quality instruments. They're not going to sound good. They were just made to sell, to get money in the bank, to make it look like a guitar, to take little kid money. If that little kid would have invested, and I know it's his parents. I'm not blaming anybody, but this is how it goes. If the parent would have invested in a high-quality instrument in the beginning they would have gone home and had a chance to sound good. You're never going to, some, some pro musicians are going to grab some shit gear and say, watch this, bro, because I can do it. I'll make a shitty drum set sound good, but I've got skills now. A beginner drummer is never going to make a shitty drum set sound like a rock star drum set. You got to get them a good drum set to sound good. Uh, I feel the same way with grow gear. If you buy the cheapest light you can get, the cheapest soil you can find, the cheapest genetics you can get. You're not going to have a good grow because you've got a bunch of cheap shit to work with. And it's always going to be a struggle. Something is going to be wrong. The plants aren't getting enough light. They're not getting the right spectrum. So they're going to grow wonky. Then you got shitty soil in there. So they don't even have a chance to develop healthy roots. They're going, this soil sucks. I don't know what to do. And then you're, you got shitty genetics to begin with, and they're never going to perform. That's like buying a shitty guitar. It's never going to sound good No matter how many fucking pedals you run it through, no matter how much compression you put on it, no matter how many books you read, how many YouTube videos you watch, that shitty Laguna guitar is always going to sound like a shitty Laguna guitar. The fucking neck is going to bend. It's never going to work right. And that's how it's going to be if you buy shitty gear for the garden. So invest in yourself, invest in your garden, and have a good time in there. Make it fun. Make it enjoyable. And people are saying, Rasta Jeff, I don't have the money to do that. Maybe not yet. Maybe you can't do that on your first grow, your second grow. But if you're growing, now you're saving money buying from the plug or the dispensary. That's that much money you're not spending there. Um, Then you've got that extra fundage. You're not spending the money. Or maybe uh, you are putting it out on the black market and making a profit. Therefore, you should be reinvesting in the grow. Because if you're growing black market, it's a competitive market. You've got to keep up. You want to be top shelf. You want to be the best grower with the best product and the most of it readily available so that's when you're going to want to step up your game if you're going black market you definitely need to get the best you can as quick as possible because the guy down the block is working too and he's watching my show also and he's going that motherfucker i got to get better than him so you guys are competing step your shit up put some passion into it reinvest that cheap shit is going to break you guys in the middle of the grow that cheap led is going to start going (laughs) and then you're going to walk in there and it's going to be flickering and flashing and you're going to go what is wrong with my light and you're going to call the company, and they're going to be in China, and nobody's going to answer, and now you don't have a grow light. you got to buy a new one. But guess what? If you're in America and you bought a good grow light from – I'm not saying that all the Chinese companies are bad, but if you got a good company that was locally based in America, you call them up and say, i got problems. They'll either talk you through it or help you get a replacement. You're not shit out of luck. So buy good gear, cheap shit breaks. Uh, I often see people asking, what is the best cheap pH pen I can buy? Um, those two words are never going to be together. Best and cheap. There's a reason why best is the best and cheap is the cheap. Those two things don't ever fall together. The best isn't the cheapest. The cheapest isn't the best. That's there's fucking economy and logic. There's a reason why, but if you need a pH pin, I always recommend getting a blue lab or something better than a blue lab. I like the blue lab three in one combo meters, get the blue lab stuff because it works. All the other meters that I've tried, uh, they don't hold the calibration long. They die. They basically, I just say, they suck, bro. Get the Blue Labs. That's what I recommend. But cheap and best will never be the same. All right, where are we in all of my notes? I got a lot of notes here. We may have to skip some of this stuff. Um, Yeah, don't buy that knockoff stuff. I see people buy like knockoff lights or knockoff stuff and then complain that it didn't work as good as it should have. You bought the knockoff shit, bro. Spend the real money, get the real thing, and then you'll see that quality products, a quality high-end luxury product will make your grow experience much better. Uh, Just be... More comfortable, more excited. It won't be as stressful. Um, it's just easier when shit works. All right. I think that is all I've got for you for this episode. I think I've gone for about 30 minutes, minus a couple of quick edits that you probably didn't even notice. Um, yeah, I'm going to wind up this episode. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. If you've got any uh, edits, questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Yeah, it's hotmail. Don't make fun of me. It's an old school email address and it works. It gets right to me. Ah, Grow from your heart at hotmail.com. Also, if you feel like this episode was educational, informative, or entertaining, and you'd like to support the show financially, that was harder to say than it looked. All you've got to do is visit patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Of course, there is a link in the show notes and the video description that will get you right there. At patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends and foes, smokers and growers, clone cutters and pollen chuckers, all you beautiful cannabis growers out there, I want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. You know I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my buddy Gramps Memo. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mama a hug for me.